Welcome to an episode of the Nintendo Retain Podcast. I am Triforce Todd. Join me today is Wario Will. And the countdown is doing that. We only have two more weeks left until 2023. And yes, Christmas almost here. Christmas almost here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the end is got the end is nigh. The end is nigh. I don't think he caught what he said there because he said tw- two weeks till 2023. Eh, two, three weeks. Eh, eh, semantics. Fine, fine, fine. Two, three weeks. Fine. No, no. <laughs> wow. I, I, see, he didn't get that either. No. Till you said two two weeks until twenty twenty three. We're in twenty twenty three. My bad. End of twenty twenty three. Sorry. Better. I <laughs> it's almost the end of the year. I gotta get all my ribs in while I can. Uh, I got. I, I gotta finish up the wish. Please. The only ribs I want to eat is baby back ribs. Thank you very much. <laughs> baby back. Baby back. Baby back. I my baby back. All right. Also here, I'm possibly hungry for baby back ribs. It's Gold Kid Scott. I would absolutely have some baby back ribs. Not... But I also have to remember that I need to do Christmas, apparently. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'll eat ribs. They're not, like, my favorite, and I, ne- I am not a fan of barbecue sauce. I know that makes me a heathen. I get it. But I just, like, there are better meats. <laughs> I mean, there's... of course, there's the steak, there's the briskets and all that. But again, there's always something nice about a good old baby back ribs, or just ribs in general. Just, like, especially if they're doing right. If they fall off the bone, mm, yeah, that's good stuff. My only problem with the ribs is it gets my hands messy. That that that's the only deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I always hate it, like when like the meat gets stuck in my teeth. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, for our cooking guide, please go to no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, turn for for Will's baby back ribs fall off edition. Ooh, that sounded dirty. Uh, please go to page 69. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we have, we're a Nintendo in podcast. We ain't, we ain't going that far at the deep end yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. And trust me, there will be many uh, jokes like this once we get to what you've been playing, as you'll find out really soon. But first, an apology. Last week, we did not do the show because, as you likely know, the Game Awards was last week, and so we were watching it via the various websites we were for. And we decided to watch because just in case Nintendo did something, you know, relevatory. Anything. Anything. <laughs> anything at all. That show was three hours and 37 minutes. And the only thing we got from Nintendo was some mediocre speeches because Joff Keeley wouldn't let talk. So I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, because we totally wasted a night that we could have been doing this actually having fun instead we basically fed into the job keely machine and for that we are sorry and we will blast him later we promise first what have you been playing i'm gonna go first because i've honestly had once again a light couple of weeks of gaming just because i'm doing a lot of work been trying to get a lot of things done the two things i have been playing are uh, persona 4 golden i got back into that for a little bit and uh, the new Pokemon DLC, the Indigo DLC. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I'm not going to give a wide sweeping impression. I played it for, I don't know, hour and a half today. <laughs> because, like, just timing and all that. But uh, so far, it looks, it's fine. Um, I like, I'm in the Terrarium currently. You go into the Terrarium, like, really quickly. Like, that's, like, one of the, you do that, like, ten minutes into the DLC. So, and I'm catching Pokemon. I'm like, oh, I don't have that one. Do I have that one? Do I have that one? The, the, the freshness is there. Um, I've already caught some really cool Pokemon and other ones I know I could just evolve later on. But you want to know what also is there in the Terrarium? 
bugs. <laughs> like, I'm about to say. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, I know we keep harping on this, but this it's really bad. Like Case in point, when you first enter the terrarium, you're guided by a character named Lucy. I won't spoil too much about her. Um, but she goes, oh, here's this area of the terrarium. Here's this area of the terrarium. Here's this area of the terrarium. It's a cutscene. And every time with that cutscene that they go, they shift to a new area, the area like flickers. Oh, jeez. I know. It's bad. And there were other times when it was like, I see like areas popping in and out. It's, it's bad. And then in the very, very beginning when you're still in Paldea, my character's arm kept like splicing through its clothing unnaturally. Ah, okay, yeah, clipping, like, clip, yeah, clipping. Yeah, no, but not even just that, but, like, he's standing still during this cutscene, all of a sudden his arm is spazzing out and, like, revealing, like, an underlayer that's, like, not there. <laughs> and, like, I think he needs like, to get that checked out. Yeah, you, like, that, yeah, you, you should go to the doctor there, kid. But, uh, like, seriously, what the heck? Why, is, why do these kinds of bugs keep happening? We never had this with any of the past Pokemon games, including XY, no, sorry, not XY. Uh, Sword and Shield, which were, you know, semi-open world, 3D, big scale. It was never like this. And yet, this is the one that has, like, all the bugs. And I've already seen other bugs being posted online, including Kyogre being, uh, like, spinning around like a top. <laughs> yeah. Beyblade. <laughs> yeah, Beyblade. <laughs> Let it rip. Um, so, yeah, that, that has... So, <laughs> You think war never changes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Bugs in the front of the Pokemon company never change either. Um, we'll see how bad it gets as time goes on, but it's already a bad start bugs-wise, but a, a fun-ish start in the Terrarium. And I, I got to say, I don't know what the Pokemon company did to the Pokemon catch rates, but it is so annoying when I have the Pokemon in the red and I throw like an Ultra Ball at them and they break out on the first hit. Like, no. And then I do that over and over and over again. Like I'm going through gonna say going through my balls. Uh I'm going <laughs> through these Pokeballs like dozens at a time to catch Pokemon that I'm not even gonna use. I'm getting them for the Pokedex and they're taking forever to get. It's it's annoying. It's very, very annoying. And then in the very first battle I had, that team that I faced was so rigged because not only did they paralyze me every single time with discharge. My Pokemon kept getting so paralyzed they could not move, and thus I couldn't take out the Pokemon that I could have easily taken out in one shot. I, I had to go through my entire party just to beat three Pokemon. Jeez. And, and all because they kept paralyzing me when I could have easily taken them out. It's like, that's bull. It's like every time, every time it was paralyzed, 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 full restore, paralyzed, paralyzed, one shot K. I'm like, wow. Jeez. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. But, we'll, we'll, but again, these are just these are my, like, First ninety minutes of impressions, so don't take this as gospel. Your your results may vary. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a very polished experience for you. I doubt I highly it. doubt that. <laughs> but, 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 <laughs> uh, as for Persona Four Golden, I just decided to pick it up because I wanted a little something to play. I put another couple hours into it, and I got to the uh, Nanako Temple. Ah, okay, Ooh. the heaven, heaven. That heaven, was that sure. was a good. I I haven't gotten through the temple. I like literally got like a few floors, and then I accidentally turned it off because I wanted to play Pokemon. But oh well. Um, I can, I can replay, it's fine. But uh, I, I did not see that twist coming. That was a nice one, having Nanako thrown into the television. But the reason I want to talk about this is because of the section that came right before it. Um, <laughs> it was the Culture Festival. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah. And uh, in this section, basically, the, the school is throwing a nice culture festival and various events are going on. And so Yosuke 
in all of his infinite wisdom and horniness, decides, hey, I can sign up all of the girls in our group to the uh, beauty contest because they can't back out if they if someone signs them up, which is a bad idea. Well, not just that, but it's like that's technically entrapment. And that's would be illegal, but I digress. Uh, this is also a Japanese <laughs> Japanese school in a Japanese RPG, so rules really don't apply. <laughs> Which was later proven when uh, the guys. Okay, I can't even believe this. Guy, this would not fly in today's gaming culture. Let's just be clear about this. Um, they also had a cross-dressing contest that all the guys got signed up for. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Again, mm. that would not fly. And yes, I know that Persona Five Royal. That was entirely different thing. Okay. Yeah. That was respecting the culture. This was not. Um, <laughs> say. And so they had to all get dressed up as girls. And that was yeah, that was something. And uh uh crap, what's the bear's name? Uh Teddy. 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 Right. T Teddy wins the cross dressing contest and he gets to be a judge for the, the ladies' contest, because of course he does. And then he decides, hey, let's make it a swimsuit competition. And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's okay. Let's just do that. Like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not right. Like, you're now forcing them to wear bathing suits. And then one of the contestants is the teacher. Uh, yep. Like, yeah. what, what is this madness? Kashiwagi. And it's like, uh, it's so weird. And then Naoto, who, you know, we all think is a guy who's actually a girl. And she gets forced into this. Doesn't even show up for half of it. Wins the contest. Okay. And later on, they all, the girls go to the a hot spring at a uh, uh, Yukiko's uh, um, yeah, Yukiko's in, 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 and they have a whole cutscene that is basically focused on the fact that now they they got Naoto into a towel so they can actually see her bust size. This is not this is true. You look it up, and <laughs> uh, uh, Yukiko, uh, uh, Rise, and uh, Chie Chie are all like in awe. Of the yeah, Naruto is the the most well endowed one of the group. Exactly, exactly, and it's just like, why is this so horny? <laughs> like, is, 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 is this what Baldur's Gate Three was inspired by? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, Baldur again, different different realms, different hemispheres. Again, it's Japan. Oh, I know, I know, but like, yeah, this was it was just wow. And, and if anything else, like this is tame compared to Baldur's Gate Three. This is oh, I know. That, that was a joke. Obviously, they they cranked it up emphatically. <laughs> like, without spoiling things, they show a lot of skin in Baldur's Gate Three, including bear skin. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like it was. I I'm like watching this, and again, this is a game from two thousand six, eight. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. It was like yeah. early 2000s. Yeah, so it was like 2000s. 2000s. So, you know, we're definitely in that era of edginess. But it's just like, these are all underage kids. Like, we, we don't even have, like, the, the cop-out in, in Persona 5 where you have uh, 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 Kiwakami and Dr. Death where they're adults. And at least you're fawning over them. Like, okay, well, they're at least mature adults versus, like, these are all, all underage kids. And we're, yeah. Wow. I'm almost scared about what because <laughs> there's going to be something and Teddy is just the worst. Like Teddy is like the Teddy worst is the worst character. <laughs> I mean, again, Morgana was annoying, but Morgana was loyal to Lady <laughs> Anne. All right, she was a hundred percent loyal to Lady Anne, start to finish. All right, but Teddy is like 
you know, you're pretty, you're pretty, you can be with me, you can be with me. Like he does I wanna I wanna hit him with a sledgehammer and hope he gets brain cells. <laughs> Sadly that won't happen. <laughs> well, you can actually can kinda do that in the fighting game arenas of Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. So that's the only way you can do that. Catharsis. <laughs> a whole new game to buy. <laughs> Catharsis. I like it. I I will remember this. Um, but yeah, so light gaming for me, but I will be playing Indigo Disc to try and, uh, I won't be doing the review, Faith will be doing that unless she's still busy with everything going on right now with her, so stay on the lookout for that, but I am eager for the Indigo Disc because I like the idea of the Terrarium, and it does look really cool once you get inside, uh, I, I definitely want to catch, like, as many legendary Pokemon as possible, and find out what the heck the hidden er treasure of Area Zero is, they've only been teasing it for months, so... <laughs> I swear, if it's anything like less than spectacular, I'd be like, "That's it." <laughs> yeah, I, at at the rate they're going right at the moment, I don't have hope. Don't have hope. Don't give me hope. Don't <laughs> give me hope. Fair enough. All right. Uh, Will, how about you go next? Uh, personally, for me, I've had actually been more or less de like knee deep in well, yeah, pretty much knee deep in regard to uh Yakuza, uh Yakuza Gaiden or like a Dragon Gaiden, uh, the man who erased his name. I'm currently in, right now in chapter four right now, and last I ch I checked it up on the trophy list. It's not again not if you're going for story wise, it's not it's not actually that long. So if I recall correctly, if I checked it, correctly, it's not very long. Yeah, yeah, like only like five chapters compared to like other games, it's 13 chapters. Yep. So, yeah, I'm currently like just plowing through that right now. I'm almost, almost there, just like doing the other I random activities. I just recently finished up the, the quest line of the of the go karts, like the mini, the, yeah, the mini karts. And yeah, it, it, like, uh, <laughs> what is really else to say? If anything else already, but um, just for the heads up, I will be taking home on the review of it. And basically, if you have played any of the Yakuza games, this is just pure fan service. I think it's already been mentioned before in prior episodes, <laughs> but yeah, Yakuza if you ever, if... has fan service, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have mean... you seen the karaoke sections? Gods, hello, hello. Hey, the karaoke is awesome, man. Karaoke, you're not this kind of voice work. Hey, I am a huge karaoke guy. That's why I pointed that out. I don't know what kind of fan service Scott over there is talking about. I'm going straight to the heart of the greatness, all right? You're welcome. I mean, hey, the, the, uh, good, good, also definitely good uh, song choices in the karaoke. And yeah, just like the, 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 the track list from the entire Yakuza series. So, but yeah, if you play like basically even the, the um, zero to number two, then you get to definitely enjoy um, this, this uh, tying game of any well. And again, bridges into Yakuza 8 Infinite Wealth. But um, yeah, it's just overall, it's. <laughs> Just, I'm, I'm just having so much fun, and now, like, now I've done basically majority of the stuff. I, I basically maxed out my stats. Again, thank you, Mahjong, for making me getting me so rich. I increase those things, and uh, yeah, just over. It's just absolute fun, and I know I probably should go back to other games like that's are not as long, like Super Mario RPG, but yeah, because it really just got me hooked just because of like again Mahjong, Go Kart, just a plethora of activities. So yeah, forever kids, if you want to be a successful Yakuza man or woman, Mahjong. <laughs> oh, it's gambling but it has its perks it's gambling but it has its perks but uh yeah so i've been basically almost pretty much wrapping wrapping up that game pretty soon but also another game that i've been meaning about to try out is also uh yet for any um nintendo switch online uh users is the suica game Yes, the Suica game. It's. <laughs> I know a lot of it was. It had that boom back in like a couple of months prior, and I've been like wondering how it is. And I tried just one match of it all, and 
Yeah, I can see why people can get very addicted to this thing. Like, yeah, you want to beat the high score, just get like that. Like, my first run was I won like 1600. I almost managed to get a sweet uh, watermelon suica, but yeah, again, it was my, my first time trying it out. So, yeah, it's something else. But yeah, I can definitely see why this game is, this puzzle game is very popular. And again, it's only three bucks. You can eat, <laughs> if you have enough gold coins to that, you can easily use a gold coin to get it for free. So it's only three bucks. So yeah, I've been trying that as well as I match as well. Um, it was on sale as well, but I always another game that I always been meaning to try, but I, I haven't had the chance to yet is uh playing Stray on PS5. Yes. Like I know <laughs> I like I only just realized they had a physical version, but on digital wise, they were only selling it for only 19 bucks. A little before after tax, but yeah, it was only like 20 bucks digitally, so I didn't mean want to try it out. So I did bought it and just need to find the time to actually play it. And I'm um, just ranting about as well, uh, just uh, with Fire Emblem Heroes and uh, yeah, uh, uh, Intelligent Systems. As much as like this, I'm going to have to go and criticize this a little bit because like you're really showing your power creep a little bit high here. Because, I hate it. <laughs> like if you ha if you're not known the recent banner the Christmas banner of the three houses in including uh, Yunaka, yeah, uh, these units are actually freaking broken. Like, uh, like the the last banner with um with, with Awakening Heroes and rearmed uh, Lucina that was fine, but these Christmas units is absolutely broken. If you even manage to get one of these units, it is almost almost to the point of meta influencing. And and this for this one, even if you're not um a face subscriber, you, this this is sparkable. So if you have enough orbs, you can spark these things and actually get all four units proper. And they again very strong, especially a dual bottle, which is both male and female, which is kind of funny because again dual bot there's two dual bottles, uh Violet and Tiki, no no Violet and a uh, uh dang it, well who was like that dragon's girl's name? Crap. Uh, yeah, I forgot her, but yeah, there's also male and female dual bylaws, so yeah, that thing's not, not confusing, but yeah, and of course, natural paralog and all that, but uh, yeah, uh, intelligence systems, yeah, like the, the creep is you're showing the creep, and obviously, this is so the kind of banner you want to spend money on, which yeah, uh, getting a little bit of greed there, intelligence systems. I'm just gonna say that. That's Wait, what were you talking about Sothis? Yeah, Sothis, Sothis, thank you, thank oh. you, yeah, though, because pre in, yeah, actually, last winter, I think it was, um. Uh, Byleth and Soltis, a dual dual Christmas banner. So now there's two dual Byleth Christmas banner uh, units. So yeah, uh, that's talk about confusing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, but again, eh, again, if you want that, fine. If it's up to you. But yeah, intelligence says you agree, showing a little bit there. And of course, naturally, uh, with other mobile games like uh, Gods of Victory Nikkei. And uh, thank you, RNG Gods, for blessing me with with uh, Winter Season Loop. Uh, Ludmilla, which again, very, very nice unit. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, however, that's for the most part I've been, I've been playing it just now with the holiday season as it is right now, is just play these games, get ready for February, and that's it. Yes. I have been, I have seriously hated playing Heroes at Times recently because I'll either be like in Forging Bonds, which I really like some of the ones I did in this last, last. Oh, year. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Awakening ones were pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, or I'll, I'll be in like the arena and. I'll be doing great, and then I'll meet a team that has, like, some of the most broken characters ever. And I got a stacked squad of, like, you know, Vantage users. I can counter you from any direction. I can do a couple attacks before you hit one, and it just won't matter. 
Like my scent. My scent is so broken if you get him in the wrong build. And yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you do have to compete with the whales as well as like the ones who are really heavily invested, including like really, like really Ivy stat, uh, per, uh, inherent skills to the point that, yeah, these units, yeah, it, you can make absolute monsters. Yeah, it's just like I'm, I, uh, and, and this makes me feel bad for like new players, you know, who don't have, you know, the time or the orbs to have, you know, stacked up, you know, 40 plus a thousand with their characters or gotten all the abilities and one that they had to face these guys. I'd be like, how am I supposed to beat this? I mean, <laughs> speaking as a semi casual, because I, I did pay for the face subscription pass. And honestly, if you, you don't have to go to the, well, in the arena and the vault, the literal vault of heaven in the eighth raid. So like only for like the highly invested, highly like, if you're unless you're like a YouTuber making YouTuber money to do that, so <laughs> not like it, content yeah. creator money, <laughs> yeah, content creator money. So, like, casually wise, if you just like play casually, like in level uh tier 19 or so, then you should be generally fine, especially like, in arena. Like, I only the most I ever hit was like uh level uh tier rank 19, which is like the Norlords. I don't go for the crown ranks because, like, no, that is a separate piece of itself. So, it, casually wise, you don't. Again, just play as you want. Just don't worry about like the, if, if you face a monster. Again, they're monsters, top top tier whales. It, it's just, it's just that. So, just don't bother with them. Like, okay, take the loss, move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. All right, Scott. <clears throat> Alrighty. So, the first game that I was playing this week was actually when I won in a giveaway, which was the Avatar Frontiers of Pandora game. Oh, is the oh new you game in a giveaway? <laughs> yes. Dude! <laughs> He's got luck. He's Tis got luck. Season. <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, it's actually pretty fun. Um, oh. I was expecting it to be more of like a Ubisoft open world kind of uh, endless everything. The formula, but, the formula. Yeah, Ubisoft. The normal Ubisoft formula, but luckily it wasn't like that. There still is like collectibles and stuff, but a lot of the things that you grab is more of just you being able to interact with the actual world of Pandora, which I think is actually a really cool way of utilizing collectibles or just things you can gather. And they use the haptic feedbacks on the PS5 controller actually pretty well in that regard, but mm -hmm. only in that regard. Mm -hmm. uh, like shooting and stuff is all right, but uh, the best use of like the haptic feedbacks and like triggers is with gathering resources because you need to have a certain way to gather them and you can't you can't just force um like the environment to submerge to your will you have to just kind of lean in with the environment to grab them which is actually kind of cool i think um the hmm. story itself is just basically you are a part of a tribe that basically got genocided by the humans when they first dropped onto pandora <laughs> and your people got kidnapped and basically were forcibly groomed and trained to try to be the ambassadors to Pandora for the humans until Jake Sully went and destroyed the whole human operation because that's what he did in the movie. But <laughs> Right, right, I saw it. There's some <laughs> canon events. Yeah. yeah. And so then you basically go from that to then trying to explore and figure out the world of Pandora with being someone who's basically just been in human jails the entire time of your life. 
with them constantly lying to you about how you were ditched by your parents and all that fun jazz. Ah, okay. <laughs> that usual spiel. Ditched yeah. by your parents just apparently equals I killed them. <laughs> Which is something you should have probably already seen coming away since considering you are imprisoned by a bunch of humans. <laughs> <clears throat> but I, I honestly, I do think the controls are nice. I think the balance and difficulty is pretty nice. I think the stealth mechanics could probably be a little better, though. Um, people kind of always know where you are if you make one wrong shot, and it's just like, I don't know how you can see me when you, I can't see you kind of a deal. <laughs> uh, okay, so eagle-eyed <laughs> NPCs. Okay, okay. Yeah. It, it's just that kind of wonkiness that has it. So it's just like, it kind of hurts you to try to do stealth in that regard. I thought I was doing great in stealth until like you actually have to do that with the mechs and realize that the mechs don't really do much with stealth when you shoot them. You have to find like specific areas to shoot them. But otherwise, yeah, Avatar, I think, is actually a really fun game. And I think it's going to be kind of like a sleeper hit in the sense of it being an Ubisoft open world game that nobody wants because nobody wants Ubisoft open world games. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just grown fatigue of them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they actually have a good one, <laughs> which ironically, this was not the one I thought would be the good one they'd have in their repertoire of a, a licensed marketed game. But hey. Um, the other one I've been playing is a game called Noctuary. Oh, it's I did that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's pretty cool. It's, it's So it's like a half-part visual novel, half-part action RPG, where you are playing as two different girls who are going to be like arbiters. They are trying to bring in the way of the light or the way of the darkness, depending on your choices, kind of a deal. And you just get to kind of explore the world and see how that goes for you. The artwork's really good. And I really like the way that they have like the voice acting and everything, though it's only in Japanese. So if you aren't one of those people who likes Japanese voice acting, then uh, it's not for you. <laughs> but the, the game itself is pretty good. I do think the maps are kind of small, though, which makes some of the fights a little more tough because you're in a more tight space trying to not, you know, get killed from area of effect attacks. Ah, okay, 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 like that. Because like it's like, like part of the action RPG is part of like the actual action fight. The other part is like almost like a bullet hell where they just don't get hit. <laughs> so, ah, all right, all right, okay. But uh, I have been mastering one of the characters. Um, I think her name's Alina. Yeah, Alina. And she's a big swords girl. And her biggest thing is the parry uh, mechanic. So if you are about to get hit, you can just quickly swap into a parry and then instantly you utilize the force of your enemy's attack to then basically get close to them and then utilize your force of attack. It's like springboard off of it, which is kind of a cool concept and idea. Um... The other girl's like uh, Fancia, and she is just like ranged everything. She uses spells. She uses like throwing daggers as well as a bow and arrow. <laughs> So everything range, that's what she uses. And the other one is every, and the other character, Alina, is everything uh, who uses close ranged attacks, like swords, spears, and like, I forgot what the third weapon was. I don't use it ever. <laughs> Just switch off from the sword and the spear. Spear for damage, sword for countering. But that, that's kind of my main two I've been playing this week. Mm -mm. Thought. Okay, it's going to be interesting as we get into 2024, the games we play once again. And again, January and February are pretty stacked with titles. 
Yes. Especially after the events of a certain show where certain <laughs> release dates were noticed. It's like, wow, really? They're just going to stack everything <laughs> on? Like, someone, yep. No one's trying to take away Steam from Persona 3 Reload. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. All right. So because it's been two weeks since our last show, we do have a lot of news to discuss. So it's time to go down the warp pipe. At first, let's make fun of Joff Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> right. So as we noted last week, we didn't do our show because of the Game Awards, and I regret it. I'm told that not everyone regrets it, but I, I'll leave that up to you guys. Um, it was just so boring. <laughs> it didn't start on time. It, the YouTube channel said it was going to start at 6:15. It didn't start until 6:30, which I'm not mad at. I didn't want it to be longer, but you know, if you're going to say it starts at 6:15, start it on time. Um, that the show was three hours and thirty-seven minutes long, and I don't think most people can name more than five things shown game-wise at the show. Uh, and I'm being serious here. Like here, I'll 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 start. Uh, Blade, Blade was a big one, obviously. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God of War Valhalla, that was a nice surprise because it's out now. Uh, the the, the Final Fantasy DLC. The uh, 16 DLC, because uh, that's out now as well. Uh, so that's two DLC. So yeah, good good job there. Um, <laughs> they did rebirth, but it was that that weird song thing. Yeah, they did it like as a song song trailer, song then as like trailer. a game trailer, which is interesting choice. I kid you not, I was watching it with another site because I had to do work for them, and uh, a guy hated the song so much. He goes, "If you're gonna do singing like this, you might as well just bring in Celine Dion." And I'm like, first of all, don't give Keely any ideas. Um, <laughs> he would. <laughs> he would. He'd be like, oh, and now, Grammy awarding singer and all-around epic Canadian, Celine Dion. And it's like, okay, yeah. Oh, we, we can only get Celine Dion if we get Ryan Reynolds in the Deadpool outfit to, to mock her. Remember that one? That was yes, hilarious. Please. You're, you're 10, 11. You need to bring it down to five, five and a half tops. That was great. Loved that. Um. But okay, so that's four. Um, I mean, they did a Persona Three Reload trailer, but that was that was in the pre-show. So does that count? Uh, it does. Then Metaphor does too. <laughs> sorry, Metaphor, that that weird thing, which I still have no idea what that's about. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I'll just combine those two. So Atlas. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, Monster Hunter Wilds. So there's six. Congrats. Like, it was just, you didn't need 3 hours and 37 minutes to show the best stuff. And then, as I noted, in a very honest, brutally honest, uh, honest trailers style honest uh, <laughs> opinion piece, actually cited honest trailers in it, ironically enough, um, I, I wrote down why this Game Awards proved why there is so, so much wrong with it and the person behind it, Jock Keeley, because... Uh, as many multiple sources, including IGN, yes, I know they're not the best, 7.8, too much water, <laughs> um, or saying the Iron Claw was a 5 out of 10, like, grow up. Uh, 10 minutes of the entire show was dedicated to award speeches. Not the presentation, the actual winners talking about their stuff. 10 minutes, the entire show, the entire 3-hour and 37-minute show. That's wrong. That's very, very wrong. 
And, but hey, you know who almost got to talk 10 minutes by himself? Hideo Kojima! I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh. talk about it, a teaser of people screaming at a camera. Thanks, Joff. Dick. Something I desperately needed in my uh, life. Clearly. Yeah, just like screaming and the screen. Like, again, a game, an experience meant for gamers and screamers of fans. Like, okay, so it's just a idea trailer. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Did that need eight minutes and 32 seconds? And then with like half that time being Jordan Peele and Joff Keighley sucking up to Hideo Kojima? No, it did not. Yeah. Or, or hey, did we need uh, what was like a multi-minute sketch with Joff Keighley and Gonzo? <laughs> no, <laughs> man, not really. But again, Gonzo's Gonzo. Well, Gonzo's Gonzo's great, but like Gonzo's like... great, but we don't need him as like a, a set piece for Jeff Keeley. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Hey, everybody, what's the difference between Jeff Keeley and Gonzo? One's a Muppet, the other's a puppet. <laughs> yeah, and which is something I spelled out in my uh, opinion piece. Again, it's it's up now. I definitely highly recommend you watch it or read it. Uh, you could watch, I suppose. You are watching it with your eyes. But uh, the, the show was just way too long. It had way too many weird moments. And not even, like, controversial moments in the, like, the Bill Clinton guy from last year or the security <laughs> issue that happened at Summer Games Fest, right? Uh, thankfully, we did not have that. Um, arguably, the most controversial thing that happened, like, actually on the stage was the uh, Christopher Judge joke on Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> which was totally accurate, and all of you Call of Duty people can shut up. You know what you did. Where's the lie? Where's, Where's the, the lie? lie? <laughs> and just like that, Christopher Judge is our hero again. Yep, he will always be the god of war. <laughs> so here's the thing. He, he has like a true hero's journey arc at the Game Awards. Okay, think about it. A couple years ago, him and the kid actor for who plays Atreus were on stage together, and he did the read it, boy, line. The whole crowd went nuts. That's high point. Then low point last year when he did the eight-minute speech that nobody asked for. This year, back to being a hero again by bl blasting Call of Duty justifiably. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's another company I won't work for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as well, as well the fact that I think, yeah, I think like one person said like the fact that the Valhalla DLC is actually more longer than Call of Duty's campaign. <laughs> oh. yeah. And hey, that's replayable too, Call of Duty. Okay, if you didn't see the backlash of that, um, people at Call of Duty, like the various developers and their supporters, were blasting not just Christopher Judge, but God of War saying, hey, our sales blow you out of the water every single year, or hey, at least ours has replay value. Like, okay. Good good for you. Uh, yeah, when was the last time you won Game of the Year? <laughs> when was the last time you were nominated for Game of the Year? Well, what was the last time you were like the super critically acclaimed title that everyone had to play versus just another Call of Duty game? That's what I thought. So, yeah, that argument was the most controversial thing. But just in general, the whole show was just poorly designed, poorly orchestrated. And, of course, the real controversial element, the please wrap it up cue card. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, hearing that. yeah. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Like, wait a minute. Like, that was controversial. No, that was controversial in the context of what the show is supposed to be. It's the game awards and yet as many people pointed out the quote other presenters had four times more time on stage than the actual award winners the people just presenting the awards had 2.5 times more time on stage than the actual award winners and then people like 
AGA Anuma, who we'll be talking about later, uh, and Larian Studios had less than 30 seconds to accept their awards. Really? Even though Baldur's Gate won for yeah. the game of the year, they had 30 seconds to say thank you. Really? Yeah. It's yeah it took like... more time for them to walk to the stage. Boom! <laughs> it, it's just like even to the point like one of the presenters like I've had to give props to uh, one of their um, uh, fallen uh, one of their uh, members who passed away unfortunately during development and even they like no 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 wrap it up wrap it up like seriously you can't even pay tribute to the dead it's like yeah it's it, it, as you said it is more or less pays so much focus onto the ads, like, oh, the advertisers, all that, and not actually the developers themselves. It's just like, eh. But hey, at least I'll, I'll give Jav one credit is, again, that uh, they, they didn't give Starfield any awards, so let's give it <laughs> that much. But in contrast, they let Bethesda play that ad stating why their game was so great. Like, mm. oh, this, this game is a masterpiece. The game of the generations. I am nominated for game of the year. And he said, wait a minute, Todd, wait a minute. Didn't Baldur's Gate 3 have an ad? And it's been out for months. Yeah, because it was actually announcing that it was out for Xbox. It had a purpose. Starfield was just to ingratiate itself, and it didn't get a single award at that show. Neither did Marvel Spider-Man 2, but that's another topic. That's, that's, that's not, we, 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 but can we be honest here? That's just the Parker luck. That is absolutely the part. I was just kind of sad that yeah, yeah, that Spider-Man two didn't get anything. Like, okay, I'll give props. Uh, Asterian's voice actor, actually top notch. But I kind of wish that that Yuri did one yeah. just because. I okay, I know he's a veteran, but I wish he got some acknowledgement. Yeah. But the show was just, it was so boring. And then at the end, it's like I, I'll never forget when Keeley introduced Monster Hunter Wild. He goes, "I'll let the trailer speak for itself." I'm like, "This is what you can let speak for itself." You couldn't let anything else speak for itself, or the people speak for itself. I bet you, Keely had more time on stage than any of the combined award winners. Remember, ten minutes, and he was on eight minutes with Hideo Kojima alone. So yeah, it's just it's so ingratious. And then and then this is my favorite part. Keely made a post saying, "Hey guys, by the way, I agree that the music shouldn't have you know overridden some of the people, including Sam Lake, who." Not only did an epic musical number with his Alan Wake 2 crew, that was an easy yes. highlight of the show. Easy, easy. Absolutely. Easy highlight. But he got a best game direction, a game that he never even thought he would get to make, and then he's carted off by the music that he helped make. <laughs> like, that's that's not good. And then mm. uh, Sven, Sven, Sven Vicky, or the, guy, the head of Larian Studios, actually put his actual accepted speech onto Twitter. It was 16 tweets long. <laughs> <laughs> it, it takes more than 30 seconds to read that speech. And he was too nice to blast Joff Keeley. I have no such reservations. <laughs> All right. And but going back to Keeley, he said, by the way, guys, I, I do feel bad that, you know, the music cut him off, but, but no one was really cut off. Yes, he were. <laughs> we have proof. We, we have video proof of your own show. <laughs> yeah. And, and I kid you not, someone quoted that tweet when I first saw it online, and it had that uh, misinformation context box. <laughs> I couldn't find that tweet again later, so I had to just state it in the article. But the context box said, actually, there were multiple people cut off, as many videos proved, including Larian Studios, who again had 30 <laughs> seconds to accept Game of the Year, which was the last award of the night. If anybody could have gotten away with a longer speech, it was those guys. Like, yes. So, and, and then to top this all off, and this is what makes it all worse, as I know at the end of my opinion piece, uh, the Game Awards had record viewership. 
they were up 15% over year over year, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, views are views. But much like the Call of Duty game purchase recently, just because you, you get it doesn't mean you enjoy it. It doesn't mean that it's good. And if you, yeah. ask, if you ask me, do you think it'll be better next year? I'm going to tell you no. Because Geoff Keighley has already made it very clear that the Game Awards is not an awards show. It's basically a winter E3 with all of his BFFs and the people who pay him to put their ads, even if they don't deserve it, Starfield. <laughs> so, I, I was like, that's, that's three hours and 37 minutes. I'm never going to get back. <laughs> that's just the truth. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, just like now, it's like, it in the beginning, yes, there was some, pro like, promise that yeah may actually pay some tribute to the medium of video games and against developers and now we have so many years i've been done of it and now again for me one shame on you for me twice shame me and for me many times over well i just look like a bloody fool and not like as we have it here that this year it's just like ah dang it jeff can you please yes i get it you gotta pay you gotta pay the bills for the show but pay a tribute to the freaking developers if you want to make it take it seriously i mean yeah like I know we ever since like that one guy who said like F the Oscars is like that guy. I I, I missed that point, <laughs> but, but like yeah, come on. Do you want to F the Oscars or just be another one of those capitalists like who just like pay tribute to your advertisers? Like come on. I think we already know the answer to that. Well, based on what we had here. Nah. Just saying. So, please please read my opinion piece. I put a lot of work into it, and I've shown it to a lot of people, and they completely agree. And I even posted the article on the Game Awards and Jeff Keighley's feed when they, they posted about their record numbers. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's good for you, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. So we'll see how it goes. I, again, we should take bets to see, you know, how, how much it actually changes next year. Oh, yeah, one more thing. One more thing about the Game Awards. When I was doing, I was finding good information to put into my opinion piece, someone actually found a quote. Sorry, sorry. Someone found a, a tweet from Keighley for 2011. And apparently they were talking about, you know, acceptance speeches back then, too. And he went, are you kidding me? Giving award winners four minutes for their speeches? That will make the show about four hours. How long was this show again? <laughs> Almost about that much. Almost four hours. <laughs> award having ten minutes. And Kojima basically having ten minutes. Because, of course, he's BFS with Jeff. So, bias. Just a little. Oh, God, just a... <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and then Kojima comes up next year. By the way, Joff Keighley is going to be the next main character in Death, Strand Death Stranding 2. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because he's he's such a great guy. No, he's not. No, he's not. Who from as an NPC in the background? <laughs> yeah. Like one, one he'll be he'll be like that annoying fanboy in all the Bethesda games. <laughs> yes. Like, can I, can you can you take a spare minute to hear about our Lord and Savior Ko Kojima? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, look, I love Kojima, but let him advertise the game. You don't need another spokesperson for it. Yeah. And, and no, I'll, I'll revise that. Will let him advertise the game when it's actually a game to advertise. Like seriously, that OD thing could have just gone away and nobody would have missed it yeah 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 again an idea concept i mean heck the fact that even death stranding 2 was actually something rather than nothing is just like yeah yeah and, and i wonder actually death stranding wasn't even at the show was it death stranding yeah. 2 was not shown at the show no boom there you go that that says it all doesn't it all right now let's go to the actual news because i'm tired of ranting for now
I'm sure Keely will give me a reason to rant again next we'll week. We'll probably have a come around. <laughs> he'll, he'll probably listen to this podcast and go, listen, guys, you guys are wrong. It's like, I'm sorry, who do you think you are, Bethesda? <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way, if you haven't heard, one of the developers, actual developers on Starfield basically claimed that gamers aren't in actual reality because they're complaining about things they don't know about in game development. I'm like, I worked in video game development. I have a degree in video game development. I know exactly what I'm complaining about. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway, uh, let's talk about the Nintendo Switch news. Because as of this recording, the Nintendo Switch is officially the third best-selling system in U.S. history. Nice. Uh, yep. Yes. It passed the Xbox 360, which if I want to pause, I want to pause right there, I... You have to wonder, like, just how well Xbox actually sells. Well, in the U.S., it sells a lot. It really does. And Xbox 360 was the third best-selling system in U.S. history, and now it's the Switch. So, yay. But uh, I'm happy about that. And then, of course, the ones it's behind is the PS2 and the Nintendo DS, which, if we're being honest, I don't think it'll pass either. So, it's just, it's too it's too late now. Yeah, we're in the <laughs> twilight years now, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still selling well. I mean, if you look at the recent Japan numbers, it's still beating the PS5 in Japan, but it's not It's not enough. Not enough. <laughs> the gas is running out. The gas is running out. Yeah. You, you, do you really expect Princess Peach Showtime to move millions of, millions of units? Or if it does, it will be surprising, but yeah. yeah. And I, hey, I'm not dissing the game. Peach deserves her own franchise, all right? This, is, this will only be her second solo title, so she's long overdue. Yeah. But, uh... Now, thousand year door that could probably move. <laughs> that um, might move enough, but yeah. not enough, but a lot. Congrats <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to the Switch, and well, actually, I'll stick with Switch for now because there is have been even more Nintendo Switch successor news or rumors, I should say, because a certain guy named Zippo, yeah, this guy, uh, he says that we're actually probably going to get a reveal of the console in the first two months of 2024. Doubt. 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 Yep. Yep, I agree. Now, I will give him one small cop-out. He didn't say it was going to be a full reveal. Okay? Now, if you recall with the Nintendo Switch, Reggie was on Jimmy Fallon in October 2016. That was the Mm -hmm. first reveal. And then a few months after that was the full reveal. So if we're going to take it into that context... Potentially, that could be what happens. We could like that small reveal to tease what's coming, and then say like June, July, we get the full reveal, which would lead to like October, November release. Hmm. Possible. Okay. I'm just saying, like that's what they did with the Switch. Kind of, they did the October small reveal, January big reveal, then the March release. So maybe, maybe. I don't trust Zippo, obviously. He's <laughs> no. way too many dudes. What's his credentials? No. <laughs> he, he gets one thing right occasionally. <laughs> that, that is his credentials. So, again, and we'll, we'll keep saying this as these rumors keep popping up. Until Nintendo gives us an actual release date or reveal date or premiere date, don't believe the rumors. My gosh. <laughs> rumors for a reason. And most importantly of all, if Joff Keeley says he has an exclusive with Nintendo, we gotta find this man and take him out. <laughs> you, you are not gonna get this for your dang summer games fest, Joff. You, you have too much power! Mm. Oh my gosh. Also, uh, on the Joff Keeley thing, our dear friend Tellius Tyler reached out to me after some 
statements were made about Keeley, and I showed him my article. He goes, "Yeah, we need a new czar in gaming." I'm like, "Yep." <laughs> so Keeley must be taken, must be stopped. <laughs> <laughs> we need another rich philanthropist who actually is a good person. <laughs> Ooh, that could take a while. Man. Uh, all right. Well, let's now move to Ace Attorney news because we just got two pieces of news. First off, as uh, as you might know, next month is the Apollo Justice Trilogy collection for Switch, PlayStation, and PC, I believe. And that would mean that pretty much all the franchise is on modern systems, with the exception of the Miles Edgeworth Investigation series, which only one of the games has ever been localized. That was the first mm -hmm. one. I would know. I had it. Um, <laughs> it was all right. It was all right. Uh, but according to Capcom, they are aware of the interest by fans to have the complete collection modernized and localized, but they have nothing to comment at this time. At this time, you say? <laughs> um, yeah. But I know I'm the big Ace Attorney fan here, but I, I, I there's a lot of love for the Miles Edgeworth series for whatever reason. I think it's because Miles was such a great character. Uh, yeah, again, like, yeah. Yeah, people love Miles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, objection! It's so <laughs> smug when he does it. Um, I just want Ace Attorney 7. Is that really so hard? I want, because like that's it's going to be the end of the saga. I can feel it, but whatever. So maybe we'll get that. Maybe we won't. But that doesn't mean we couldn't get another crossover game. <laughs> in the future. Yes, Will was the one who found this. I'm indebted to you, Will. So apparently one of the producers for the Ace Attorney series said, even though we don't have any plans for it, uh, we would love to do a crossover with Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I mean, again, we have Professor Lane. Why not Detective Pikachu? Well, okay, I'll, 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 I'll tell you why. Because they are copies of one another. Like, Professor Layton was actually based off of Phoenix Wright, but he has altruism cranked up to 11. That's why he's even been called a Mary Sue. Because he's all he is basically Phoenix Wright without any flaw. Even though he totally does have a weird backstory with his brother or whatever. Um, <laughs> he stole his brother's name for whatever reason. And... But yeah, so they were like two sides of the same coin. This is an entirely different coin. This is an entirely different coin that you can only get by going to an alternate dimension. <laughs> All right? But the irony <laughs> is that I have a way for them to actually get Phoenix right into the Pokemon world. It all has to do with Hoopla. Okay. Okay, do you know who Hoopla is, Scott? No. Okay. Hoopla is a Pokemon that can use rings to teleport across the world and technically across dimensions. Okay. Yeah, and it has an evolved form that has even more power with its rings. So in theory, you could use Hoopla as a basis to get Phoenix right into Detective Pikachu's world, and then they could solve mysteries together along with Tim Goodman, obviously, and to find Hoopla and get them back home. Okay. Yeah. Or if you need an even bigger reason or a, a Pokemon to help out with this, Arceus is a guaranteed multiversal, as, as a canonical, I mean, canonical multiversal being. And as proven in Pokemon Legends Arceus, he can take people from time and space and plop them wherever the heck he wants. Interesting. So, yes, God wants Phoenix Wright to protect <laughs> Pikachu. You heard it here. <laughs> And you might be thinking, but Todd and Co., uh, there's no way that the Pokemon Company would go for this. They wouldn't do this kind of crossover. To which I say, are you sure about that? They've had some wacky crossovers in the past. Do you remember Pokemon Conquest? 
Yes, yeah. bring me more conquest. I mean, that was actually really good. I never beat it, but it was good. I, I liked it. Um, and, and they've done other crossovers, like uh, they did a uh, they did the crossover with Tekken, basically with Pokémon Tournament. You know, they had the actual right. they had the actual Tekken people work on that. Um, so, and they've done a whole bunch of you know spinoffs and mini game series, and you know, did Pokemon Channel and whatever. They're not above making spinoffs if they think they can make money off of it. Yeah, this is the Pokemon company for PC. <laughs> Money talks. Money talks. That is their only motivation, as Gen Nine has proven. Hiyo. <laughs> so, could we get Detective Pikachu and Phoenix Wright working together? You never know. You never know. All right. Something we do know is that the Super Mario Brothers movie continues to impress the world. This time through the Golden Globes. Uh, the Golden Globes uh, sorry, released their nominations the other day, and the Super Mario Brothers movie got three. One of them is obvious, best animated film. It won't win. It's going up against <laughs> Spider-Verse. But it's, yeah. it's A for effort. Actually, even if it didn't have Spider-Verse, I'm pretty sure it won the one. Um, <laughs> the second is cinematic and box office achievement, which is a really weird category. That is a really weird category. Like, if you look at the other nominees in it, it has like John Wick and Guardians of the Galaxy, and so I think it's just like movies that made an impact bigger than they were supposed to, and making a billion dollars from a Nintendo. Property. I hopefully wins that one just because again it literally did well as a video game movie, so I here's hoping that it actually does that one. And then the final one, and the one that I know Faith will be very very happy about, is that Chris Pratt was nominated for Best Actor as Mario. <laughs> Don't you wish? <laughs> Don't you wish? Let's go. No, Chris, we're not going to go. Uh, obviously, we're talking about best original song for Peaches. Yes, more yes. going yes. for Jack Black. Woo. We're getting ever closer, gentlemen. Ever closer to Jack Black in Bowser garb. If <laughs> he does that, then yes, that'll be perfect. Yeah, that'll be a highlight. Apparently, this is true. Apparently, he actually did this already at a Jonas Brothers concert. Okay. I know. That's yeah, I think, yeah. Bit, bit random, but okay. So, like, again, this man will do it. All you have to do is ask him, and he will do it. He, he, he is that dude. Okay? <laughs> so, even if it doesn't win any of these awards, uh, it's still an incredible achievement because, again, this time last year, we were not excited for this movie. A lot nope. of people weren't excited for this movie, and no one thought, hey, maybe this will get a billion dollars at the box office, become the second biggest animated movie ever in terms of box office revenue, and get three Golden Globes nominations. No one was saying that. No. no, nope. <laughs> Nobody was saying nope. anything nope. remotely nope. close to that. <laughs> so, yeah. Congrats, Nintendo and Illumination, and everyone but Chris Pratt, who worked on the film. You did a lot of good work, and Chris Pratt didn't. But you carried him, and isn't that the way with Chris Pratt? <laughs> yeah, Faith, Faith won't be able to say anything because she's she's too busy cleaning and everything, and then she's gonna finally hear us. She'll go, Todd, why are you making fun of Chris Pratt? Because I can. I'm the host, and I can. <laughs> You're welcome, Faith. Now go back to cleaning. Uh, I'm not kidding either. She's like overhauling her room it's it's a crazy thing um next up we have okay here's another crazy thing let's talk about fortnite boy yeah okay i mean i was about okay. to say have you heard the bird is the word <laughs> but yes with peter griffin but yeah let's, let's go talk nintendo yeah 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 it's freaking sweet uh i don't like family guy i just don't uh <laughs> but fortnite you might notice has 
I honestly wonder what the actual count is for franchises in Fortnite. Like, I'm serious. Like, I don't know if I want to count that high. I mean, we have Alien vs. Predator, we have Master Chief, we have Solid Snake, we have Spider-Man, we have Attack on Titan, Dragon Ball, animes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm going to look that up. Let's, let's see. How many franchises are in Fortnite? It's, it's interesting who has some of these things. Um, okay, here we go. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Okay, like, I'm not getting, like, an exact number, but, it, like, there's, like, a list, and it's, like, a lot of scrolling. <laughs> it's, like, a lot of scrolling. Like, if I was to name everyone just by this list, it would take me, like, a couple minutes, so I'm not going to do that. Um, okay, here we go. Um, possibly 28. 28 seems low, though. Feels It feels low. Uh, I'll look it up later. But it's dozens at the very minimum. <laughs> Let's put it that way. But you'll notice that Nintendo is not one of them. Why is that? Why is it that Nintendo doesn't have any representatives in Fortnite? Uh, the integrity? I, and, well, <laughs> well we, as we all know, they sometimes don't care about that as much as they should. Um, <laughs> Fair. We're, we're, we're honest here on the Nintendo Entertainment <laughs> Podcast. We will bash Nintendo when it's appropriate. But uh, apparently... Uh, this is his actual name, by the way. Sax Pearson. Pearson? Sax Pearson? Okay. He's a Sax person, obviously. Uh, said, Nintendo has their strategy, and we have our strategy, and we hope at one point to use their characters because our players would love it. And, end quote. And then he said, he, like, what was it like trying to work with Nintendo on this? And he goes, there's, I don't think there's a name for the process of trying to make diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, there, it's a lot. It's a lot of pressure, and it's not working out. Now, I know why they aren't doing this, and that's because Fortnite has guns. <laughs> like, actual guns. Like, actual guns that shoot bullets and not lasers or look like just sci-fi weapons of a sort. Nintendo ain't going to let that fly. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, like, the day that <laughs> Nintendo comes into Fortnite, it will be a very strange day in the world. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Like, like, do you imagine, like, this is the craziest scenario. Like, you imagine that Mario would be holding holding a, a firearm or Peach or, heck, even uh, Link holding a firearm. It's like, yeah, that's, that's, it's alien. It's absolutely alien. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, again, like, could they find a way to get away with it? Sure. Will they likely do it? No. I mean, but let's be honest. If, if they were to pull this off, it like Fortnite would make like the biggest event ever because of it, because they yeah. only got like Mario and Link and Metroid, or sorry, Samus and Donkey Kong, in it. Like they would make it the biggest event ever for them. Yes, they would. Yeah. Yes, cash and all those V bucks. Oh, yes. <laughs> And here you thought having that weird Star Wars Rise of Skywalker prologue in the dance party at Fortnite would be the biggest thing ever. <laughs> Somehow, Palpatine returned to Fortnite. Oh. And let's not forget, I believe Eminem is also in Fortnite as well, if I recall correctly. Yeah. As, as, is, as is Ariana Grande and The Weeknd. Yeah. He was on the list I was scrolling. He was the last thing on the list I was scrolling. <laughs> the Weeknd's a franchise, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. I mean, he technically is. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, all right. Next up, we got 
AG Aonuma. Man, this guy's been doing a lot of stuff recently. Like, I'm not even joking about that. Um, he, he was doing multiple interviews on multiple aspects of the Legend of Zelda series. And one thing that actually ties into his recent quiz time we did is about whether Zelda will be playable in the future. He went, quote, yeah, it is interesting when you think about the name of the series, The Legend of Zelda, but Link is always the main character. And Link has been the main character, and Zelda has always been involved, and they have a relationship and their own rules in each of the games. But it is true that I think there's always room for thinking about this type of thing and Zelda's role, and there may be some sort of possibility for something like that in the future, end quote. So, not a Please. no. <laughs> not a yes. I... <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yes. Yes, For I points am. of vague statements, that gets like a 10. <laughs> wow. The irony is that with this series in particular, he he has the right to use that kind of vagueness. Yeah. Not just because they're always vague about what their game, the next game is going to be like until it's out, but they've had so many different roles for both Link and Zelda, especially over the last, what, five games? Yeah. So, I mean... Think, think about like Twilight Princess. Zelda wasn't even in the game that much. It was more about Midna than her. Yep. And then of course Skyward Sword was where we had like you know your your BFF Zelda who became highly on yada yada yada. And then Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. She was a lot more involved. She had a lot bigger personality in the good way, and so on and so forth. So who knows what will happen next time? So. That, that they have that kind of vagueness. But that raises another question. That is the question of the timeline. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, the incredibly not convoluted timeline that is both canon and not just ask Dark Horse. No, seriously, they published a book about it. Uh, what was it? Wasn't it Hyrule Historia, right? That was yep, it? yep. Yeah. yeah. So in this interview, he goes, quote, as you mentioned, we realize that fans have a great time theorizing and enjoy thinking about where things fit on the timeline. There's something that the development team recognizes and it considers, but to an extent. And I say to an extent because if we get too into the weeds or too detailed in that placement, it results in kind of creating restraints for our creativity. The process of creating new ideas becomes restricted because we're so tied up in trying to make this fit into a very specific spot in the timeline. We do consider it, but not to an extent where we feel that our development process feels restricted or constrained, end quote. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, first of all, if you understand the Zelda timeline, you are one of the few. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very convoluted thing. It's yes. a very convoluted thing. <laughs> like, remember, there are technically three branching timelines, and Wind Waker exists because in an alternate reality, uh, Ocarina of Time Link failed to stop Ganon, and that led to the flooding of the world. So a Link had to die and lose for the world to become what became Wind Waker and uh, uh, a Phantom Hourglass. So that's that's one of the timelines. <laughs> and there's another one that's just as wacky. So this is fine because they reference the other timelines and the other games, like in a Breath of the Wild where mm -hmm. Zelda's doing the knighting ceremony and she goes like Skyward Beginnings or the Twilight Hour or something like that. And you know, that was a nice reference. I'm like, oh, I get that reference. I get that reference. Um, but we don't need to know, like, okay, this comes before this game, but after this one, but it's only seven <laughs> years before this one. That's why those things are so different and why these characters exist, exist and yada, yada, yada. They don't need it. No. Yeah. The only time they need to respect the timeline is when they're doing a direct sequel, which is not that often. Yep. 
Yeah. And and in another interview, Anum even said, "Hey, we're probably not going to do a direct sequel to the next game we make, like we did with Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. So we might be getting one-offs for a while. It just depends on how things go." Because they've, they've gotten everything they wanted to out of this version of Hyrule, so now they're going to start over again, and they might get that one in one shot. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only it, time will tell. Time, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Like, here's hoping that like, whatever they have planned like after Tears of, uh, Tears of Kingdom is like, yeah. I, I, I'm more or less, I'm pretty much expecting we're going to like new ideas, just like new everything. Like, they, they even said it themselves. So, like, I'm just waiting to see what they will have cooking at the moment for this next project. Yeah. Just remember, we're not going to get it until like 2030 at the late, at the earliest. Sadly enough. I mean, okay. if, let's see, if they start right, if they're starting like, let's just say a few months ago, like right after, because there was no DLC for Breath, for Tears of the Kingdom, right? So nope. they were working like right after. So let, let's say July. Okay. They probably already have a concept by now at say Anuma. So. They're working on the new system, which means they're going to have to get used to that because they've worked on the Switch for two in a row. 2028. That's my guess. And by that point, we'll be at what? Episode 600 something? Something like that. It seems. It'll be a bigger number. <laughs> yes. And that only begs the question which one will come first, Metro Prime 4 or Zelda? <laughs> well, I actually have an update on that since we're here. I'll, I'll touch on this really quickly. Uh, a certain insider. Uh, I don't think it was Zippo this time. Uh, a certain insider said that Metroid Prime 4 actually actually is done, but the cutscenes are bad, and that's what's delaying it. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, I'm not sure how I put faith in that because of a game called Metroid Dread, which had <laughs> really good cutscenes and a really awesome look, and you're telling me that Mercury Steam, and Mercury Steam is great, but Mercury, Mercury Steam can figure out how to get good cutscenes on the Switch, but Retro can't. Yeah, that, that's kind of a wonky that, thing. Yeah. So the, again, don't until Nintendo says anything or retro in this case. Don't don't believe the rumors. Uh, but wait, gentlemen, I, we're not done with ATA Anuma yet, or Zelda for that matter. Because <laughs> another thing he talked about was the linear nature of uh, Zelda games. Because some fans, for whatever reason, I mean, I mean that for whatever reason, prefer the linear style of Legend of Zelda games versus uh, the open world that we've had in Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. And A.J. Anuma talked about that because he wanted to talk about whether you know this could be something to go back to in the future. And he said, well, I do think we as people have a tendency to want the thing that we don't currently have. And there's a bit of grass is greener mentality. But I also think that with the freedom players have in the most recent games in this series, there is still a set path. It just happens to be the path that they choose. And then he went, why do you want to go back to a type of game where you're more limited or more restricted in the types of things or ways you can play? But I do understand that desire that we have for nostalgia so I can understand it from that aspect, end quote. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with him on this one because, yeah, there were great linear games, and you could still make those. You could, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially if you put it like in the top-down style, which we saw was a big hit with the remake of uh, Link's Awakening. But... I don't want to go back to where like, oh, here's the here's the water temple, here's the fire temple, here's the desert temple, here's the forest temple. You know, I have to get this item in this temple to do this and this that. You know, that was fine for a while because we didn't have any other options. 
I like having freedom now. Yeah, like what you you don't go back. That's the, that's the premise <laughs> of the You don't go back. back. <laughs> it, it like with all the ideas that these two games will prefer volunteers, it can show again free range, go wherever you want, literally go to the final boss if you want to, and basically speed speed run this entire game. It's like yeah, it, it's kind of the future as it is right now. I mean, if you want to make linear games, fine, but you gotta have to do something really good and really appealing if you want to go back to that old traditional format. I don't know. I mean, I get why some people like the linear games, and that's fine. But to say like they need to go back to this after the success of the last two titles, like that's yeah. That's a they don't tip. necessarily need to do anything. <laughs> and, and here's the best. Here's the point to kind of nail it home. Um, Twilight Princess sold about five to six million copies. Skyward Sword sold a little less than that. And then Breath of the Wild came out and it sold over thirty million. And Tears of the Kingdom is likely like well over twenty million by this point. So these open world titles have sold many times more than the linear games. Yes. Food for thought. Okay. And finally, on the Legend of Zelda front, we have, wait for it, the live-action movie that we're still getting. <laughs> for some uh, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> now, this is, comes, once again, from uh, Wes Ball, the director of the film, and he talked about what he would want from the film stylistically. And he goes, quote, I've always said I would love to see a live-action Miyazaki that wonder and whimsy that it brings to things. I would love to see something like that. It's going to be awesome. My whole life has led up to this moment. I grew up on Zelda, and it's the most important property. I think it's untapped IP, if you will. So we're very much working hard to do something. We're just not we're not just trying to do it because we can. We want to make something really special, end quote. And he also noted that he didn't want to just make another fantasy movie like, say, like a Lord of the Rings, because it's already been done before. So my question with that is, if you wanted to make a Miyazaki-style movie, why are we doing this in live action? Yeah, that is my question. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it, that's kind of a strange thing as well, because, like, we recently just got off with the recent release of uh, the, the Boy and the Heron yeah. from, from Studio Ghibli, and that thing is, like, reviewed to the point. So, like, it's almost the point, like, now I feel like we're trying to get to that point of animated films again. Like, again, Ghibli does so much good. So why not we can't go back to animated films? I mean, I know we're in that age of CG, computer, yeah, computer CGs and all that. But why not go back to animated movies? And it feels like they just kind of have a hard time, like, here in the West doing that. So it feels like. Yeah. I mean, I'm it, it, sure they're going to want some, like, appeal from live action, but I don't think it's going to be the audience that they want. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, like, how how would he get, like, the the visual aspects of what make Miyazaki films so good into a live action setting without it looking really, really cheesy? Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, like, the appeal of the Miyazaki films in many ways is the, 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 like, the color palette and the stylistic visuals and you can do that to an extent with live action, but you're still going to rely on the CG element. I'll give you a great example. Uh, Ready Player One. Ah, uh, yeah. That game, uh, that game, that movie was great. <laughs> I love that movie. And, you know, it was live action, but then when they went to the virtual world, they had that gaming visual style that made it stand out. And that was cool. You can't do that with Legend of Zelda because it's not, oh, we're in a virtual world, now we're here in the real world. It's that That's their world the whole time. So I'm not sure how he's going to pull that off. And that's another reason why I'm like, 
we're doing this in live action? <laughs> I mean, a, a Miyazaki-style animated Zelda movie? Heck yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I would be all for that. <laughs> yeah. The fact that, again, we've, we've seen so many ideas from fan projects and a lot. Do they do these animated short films like Miyazaki-style? Absolutely incredible. And, like, I don't know, people in Hollywood can't, can't tell, take an, a page from that. It's just like, what? As you said, the live action idea, as we, as as we continue to get more details, is like, can they do it? And and only re recent again, I feel recently again with uh, recent One Piece and to some extent Death Note, not that fine, but like to to now bring it into the video game form, like Zelda, it, yeah, it, it's gonna have to overcome some walls. I, I don't know. There's. I mean, and again, as we noted uh, two weeks ago, screw you, Jock Keeley. Um, the the we're not going to see anything from this movie for a long time. Like Lost nope. Ball is doing, uh, was it Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, and like that's his focus. He's going to take a break, and then he's working on Zelda, which has which is still in the script process right now. So, even though it's nice to hear him say it, this kind of stuff, we aren't going to know what he really means for at least a year, if not more. Yeah, so I imagine it'll probably be more than a year. Probably. Yeah, yeah, because this thing again with Mario Pro Nintendo properties. Yeah, you I, take a time with it. You take a time <laughs> with it. Yeah. yeah, and hey, to their credit, even though we've, we we I still make fun of it, they took their time with the Super Mario Brothers movie, and that got a billion dollars, and now three Golden Globe nominations. Yep, yep, yep. So, just saying. All right, next up we have. Let's see. Uh, oh yeah, this was a cool one from a couple uh, from two weeks back. They dropped the first trailer for the Donkey Kong expansion of Super Mario World. Mm, yeah, 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 Nintendo yeah. World. Sorry, because uh, right now all we have is the Mario uh, part of the of the realm. But now we're gonna get the Donkey Kong expansion, and the trailer shows some really cool elements, including uh, the potential minecart ride that we're gonna get, which makes so much sense. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, we're gonna get like a visit, get to visit like Funky Kong's place. We could see his plane in the show or in the trailer, and there's gonna definitely gonna be a like a restaurant area. So it's gonna be interesting to see how this part of the theme park compares to the Mario part, and then of course what what comes next? Because Donkey Kong's another obvious one because he's been around the longest. Are we gonna get Zelda next? Are we gonna get like Pikmin next? You know, there's a lot of options out there at Nintendo, so I'm interested in seeing what you do next. And then the expansion's coming out next year in Japan, and then we'll just have to see what the American counterparts do. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. I'm just like, again, for if you love Donkey Kong, then yeah, like that, that's the only thing I wonder in that additional part. Like, will there be any references to the shows? Like, I know the 90s shows were very cheesy, but come on, you gotta give some props to it. And of course, naturally, the games and all that. So I wonder how to gotta give Donkey Kong his, his tribute in, in a physical park. <laughs> so, again, stay tuned for that. We'll see how it all goes. Uh, next up, we got, uh, we're getting close to the end. Oh, yeah. Again, the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet the Indigo Disc is out now, it's the final part of the DLC. So if you have you have to get the whole bundle to enjoy it. So if you haven't gotten the teal mask yet, please do play that first. It's about less than ten hours, which again makes it longer than Call of Duty. And <laughs> just the story, and then they talk respects about, like, your money more than Call of Duty does. That's for sure. Hi, <laughs> um, 
Okay, what's worse, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 or that King Kong game we got recently? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably get Call of Duty The Edge because that's actually playable. Yeah. Yeah. But Kong is probably longer. <laughs> oh, I don't know. But just because it's longer, do we do you want it to be longer, though? No, you don't want it to be longer. No, you don't. I mean, did you see the Honest trailer for that game? Like the, yes. the, the Honest trailer guy was having a mental breakdown. <laughs> this is the first time I thought I'd actually want to play Golem again. Ah. <laughs> $40? $40? <coughs> yeah. And finally, and this is a very sad one to end on, but we have to do it. E3 is officially dead. Uh, and this this doesn't come from a random report or a news source or whatever. This comes right from the ESA, the heads of the entire thing, and they confirm that after twenty plus years of life, E3 has come to an end. No bang. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm just sad. Oh yeah, I was sad too. I mean, I had we we the signs were there. Yeah, yes, yeah, it was common ever since pre-COVID, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, yeah, like I said, pre-COVID, the signs were there. But then, you know, uh, it, it was supposed to come back this year, and then a whole bunch of weird crap happened, and all of a sudden, like, no, it's not happening this year. And then, you know, then we had the Summer Games Fest, because, of course, Jock Healy needs more power. Uh, that was a joke. Laugh, Scott. <laughs> Thank you. Um, power! <laughs> and as a result, you know, the, we we wanted like even if it did come back, like would would it be something you even would want to watch? Which is a fair question to ask. And eventually, it became obvious that it just wasn't going to be the same. And now we know it's not coming back. It is it is officially over. It's flat. Yeah, down. there goes my penny plans for it. Like, it's kind of sad to see like how many years, and of course, like. Ha like that E three was pretty much the events that allow like uh the like the dream uh, the dream of like you can get an in a job in this industry like the the bright eyed uh view of like games being like oh it's such new great games again like when they were uh, again that Nintendo presentation of Zelda that with a with a uh so, so Ashigeru Miyamoto with that massive sword that was the pinnacle of Nintendo E threes <laughs> and. Now there won't be anything like that anymore. Now it's sad. Nope. And now we have to suffer through Jeff Keely more. Yeah. yeah. For me, E3 is special because this was during the run of the first, uh, of the first G4, and yep, yep, they were like the first ones to really cover it, because before it was really just like, oh yeah, the industry knows what E3 is, and if you're lucky, you could get into it. But then it was, you know, hey, we're trying to, you know, advertise. And G4 was a huge part of that. And I got to see, you know, the birth of the Wii, the DS, the 3DS, uh, the Wii U, for better and for worse. <laughs> uh, breath of the Wild, when they had that full presentation, which is like totally stole E3, because even though it was the only game Nintendo showed. The E3, indirectly, was the birth of the Nintendo Direct, because Nintendo didn't want to keep doing the live shows. Um, we got to see so many things on screen i remember having like the big presentations there and reggie being reggie was all who was awesome at those shows and even when i wasn't like as diehard nintendo guy which i know is, is a hard thing to think about but i liked i liked playstation <laughs> for a long time before they became too expensive for me to buy um like happens I, like, 
I liked <laughs> watching the Xbox presentation. I liked watching the PlayStation presentation just so I could see what they were doing and then compare it to Nintendo and proclaim Nintendo the superior <laughs> console. <laughs> yep, yep, it didn't yep. happen all the time, I promise you. <laughs> I had friends who were like, can you admit Nintendo didn't win that E3? Yes, they didn't win that E3, but they didn't lose it either. And they go, yeah, you're probably right. So, <laughs> you know, take the victories. Take the victories. But it was such a it was a very important part of my life and then when it started to like wane and fade and you could see like come on maybe it'll cut back and then repop got it and i'm like oh this is great because i know people at repop they're really good at this and then like the dominoes just started to fall and keely curse you joff keely uh made the summer games fest among other things going on and uh, and again joff keely said i didn't kill e3 <laughs> he didn't help it though <laughs> It didn't help it though. Maybe maybe that's why he didn't. He made Summer Games Fest because he couldn't just buy E3 outright. And even if he did, like he wouldn't be the one credited with its success. It's all ego. It's all ego for that man. Yes, you know, it's true. yes, it is. And, and, and you know, if he could, he'd make a hit, hit all Hideo Kojima Fest if he want. If he could, <laughs> don't tell. Oh my gosh, I just gave him an idea. Dang it, Todd! Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Too much. Um, I'm gonna miss it. I am. I will too. I mean, I loved doing Road to E3. In fact, Scott, we never got to do Road to E3 with you because we were going to do it this year and then they canceled it. Yeah. yeah. Those were fun because I was like, what's first party going to be like? What's third party going to be like? What should, should we see? What do we hope to see? It was a fun time. And now it's gone. Oh, God. So uh, depressing. It is. Yep. Yep. It is the end of a generation, and even for those who weren't around, like at the like really beginnings of E3, this show held so much power over the gaming industry. The best example is the NES. Yep. The mm. NES debuted in America at E3, and they actually changed its look from one E3 to the next because of the reception to it. And they're like, we cannot release it based on what we heard at E3. So they changed it into the gray black box that we now know and love. And then everything else is history. That was the power of E3. Actually, I can't remember if that was E3 now. But it was, it was like, <laughs> maybe it was the pre predecessor. I'm just going to look it up right now. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, this was a very special thing. And we're never going to get another thing like it, especially with Jeff Keighley doing things like Summer Game Fest. Um, so let's, let's honor it. Okay. Uh, okay. Here it was. Okay. I'm sorry. It was the summer consumer electronics show. So basically the precursor to E3. Yeah. So, but it's, it's close enough. <laughs> it, it E3 the light. <laughs> E3 summer edition. Yeah. Summer boogaloo. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thanks for, uh, thanks for everything. E3. You, you will be missed. In fact, I want to look up right now. When did it start? Electronic Entertainment Expo. Okay, it, it first started in 1995. Yeah. So, man, we almost had 30 years of this show. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it will be missed. Oh, so here we go. Before E3, game publishers went to other trade shows like the Consumer Electronics Show and the European Computer Trade Show. And then after the industry grew in the early 1990s, industry professionals felt that it had outgrown the older trade shows. And uh, that's why they 
changed it from like what they did with CES to becoming E3 because it wasn't the right kind of format to display the grander gaming events that were that they wanted to do. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. It does. I mean, again, in the '80s, gaming almost died, and then Nintendo. This is not a joke. Nintendo helped bring it back, and then and then Sega, and then Sony, and Xbox or Microsoft. You know, we owe a lot to, to E3, and it's sad to see it go. So, thanks for everything. Uh, I keep want to say Nintendo. I mean, Nintendo <laughs> was a huge They ain't dead yet. They ain't dead yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, uh, are you sure? I thought Microsoft was going to buy it because Nintendo were fools. <laughs> yada, yada, yada. No. So, <laughs> all right. Now let's go to our main event because, ladies and gentlemen, as sad as it is to say, we're almost at the end of the year. It's uh, it's almost over. So, we're going to begin start our year in review shows over the next few weeks and then of course the first week in january will be the next nintendo draft i am very curious about who won this year i don't actually remember my picks so i don't either i yeah uh, so it's it's uh ooh, actually i have it up i i actually wrote this down Ooh, i, I just lost a point there oh gods Nope, um, yeah, I, my, mine's unfortunately not as as uh, yeah. I don't have uh, as much points. I think I pretty much got zero nil. Uh, yeah, I got zero. <laughs> like I'm not even joking. Oh <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess I could say half a point for one, but like it's half a point out of four. <laughs> <laughs> Better uh, than zero. <laughs> you know, actually, let's just we'll skip ahead and we'll do this alongside of our year review. Um. But yes, we're going to do a, a little bit of a year review as we start another session of the NEP Secret Society. All right, gentlemen. So first off, all three of you did your Switch year and review stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so go ahead and get those up and let's reveal, reveal our stats to the world. Uh, unless you're scared, no. Uh, <laughs> no. I, I'm not. I will, I will go first because if you haven't done it already, ladies and gentlemen, the Switch Year in Review is up on my Nintendo. All you have to do is log into my Nintendo, go to the Switch Year in Review page, and you will find out how much you have played over the course of the year, and yada yada yada. Uh, for example, for me, I where are those stats? Here we go. In total, over the entirety of 2023, just on my Nintendo Switch. I played 14 games for a total of 420 hours. Hey, yo. 420, baby. <laughs> and would someone like to guess my most played game? Zebra Chronicles 3. No. Tears of the Kingdom. No. No. Think, think about this way. What did I have to play deep in oh, oh, Persona 5 Royal. Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I kid you not, I forgot. <laughs> It, it I, it's felt like it's been more than a year since I've played that. So just in January, I played over 104 hours of stuff. And most of that was Persona. And then, of course, I had I started a, a Fire Emblem Engage at the end of that month. But yeah, it was, it was a lot of Persona. But uh, yeah, 420 hours. It doesn't feel like that. And then 14 games. It doesn't feel like that. That feels small, actually, but when you look at the games I've played, which I'll just recite all of them here, Zelda, Persona, Octopath, Engage, Other Persona, Tetris, Wonder, 
Mario RPG, Serace and the Lost Demon, Pokemon Scarlet because of the DLCs, Xenoblade because of the DLC, Splatoon, Star Ocean, Advance Wars. That's what I played this year. Or, yeah. It felt like more. <laughs> but when you look at, like, how long I spent in these games, especially, like, you know, Pokemon and Zelda and Octopath and whatever, it adds up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right. Actually, mm -hmm. I take that back. I do apologize. Uh, Zelda was my most played game by seven, 74 hours, and Persona 5 Royal in the January session was 71. Oh, oh dang. But remember, that was also 100 hours, 110 hours in total because of the week in December I had. So, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a while. Then it was Octopath, 58. Uh, yeah, it's only showing me the top three. But uh, my gaming trends... I did 44% role-playing games. That's understandable. RPGs forever. 27% <laughs> action games. I'm pretty sure it's like Splatoon, I guess. Which mm -hmm. I, I say Splatoon's an action game. Yeah? Uh, adventure. I call that Zelda. Strategy. That's like Advance Wars, Persona. Shooting, Splatoon. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by the hours of each month. Because you could tell like when the games came out. Right, right, right. Like you, like in like May, like that's when. Firstly, for me, Tears of the Kingdom was like it dominated my hours for me. <laughs> so, like January, I had 104 hours between Persona and Engage. February was 31, probably because of Engage. Uh, March was 54. That was Cereza and Advance. Well, no, Advance Wars was April actually. Yeah, so yeah. Not, yeah. not sure why it was 54 in, in March. Still no. Uh, May was 64. Gee, I wonder what dominated my time there. Uh, <laughs> Who could have guessed? <laughs> June was 34. July was 27. August was 6. Just just 6. <laughs> Not, I must have been doing a PC binge at the time. September was 18. That's when Teal Mask came out. October was 19, which was Wonder. That was only a 10-hour game. November was 32, and that was because of Star Ocean. And then uh, Mario RPG. So, and that was a that was like a less than a ten hour game. So yeah, yeah, yeah it was a very quick. Game. So yeah, that was that was pretty quick. So yeah, it's it's just it's fascinating to look at this and like, and I'm proud of Nintendo for doing these in depth. You know? Yeah, it's kind of it's, it's always nice, interesting details to see like when all like the companies out there like the recaps like oh how many things have you been watching like and the fact that you actually can detail the details like how many hours you played or how many things you watch is like wow I have I really spent that much amount of time on video games itself it's <laughs> like wow okay maybe I am a gamer maybe <laughs> yeah. and, and and see like looking through this it, it reminds me oh yeah the Xenoblade Chronicles DLC I played that in June in July I played I got Persona 4 Golden because I was bored. Uh, August, I played two games for six hours, and most of that was Splatoon. <laughs> then, you know, and then October, I had plenty of, I had Star Ocean and Mario, and then in this, this month would be Splatoon, I guess, and, uh, I just, I just played the DLC for Pokemon, so that wouldn't even count, but yeah, it's, it's been a very interesting year, and I would be stunned, stunned if I did anywhere close to 420 in 2024 because I don't know how many Switch games are going to be playing in 2024 outside of like, you know, the ones I replay because I'm bored. Yeah, because I'm not getting Luigi's Mansion, I'm not getting Peach Showtime more than likely. 
Uh, I'll get Apollo Justice, and that'll take a while. I mean, the only thing is Thousand Year, Thousand Year Door remake. That's oh the yeah, only thousand, thing that's yeah, the that right one's now. probably guaranteed. Yeah, that, that's guaranteed. <laughs> Easy day one. But uh, even then, that's thirty hours on a good run. Yeah. So, but like, which is still a substantial game, obviously. So, yeah. But yeah, what a year! What a year! <laughs> All right, Scott, how about you? What was your year in review results? All righty. So this one actually feels a little light compared to some of my other ones, but uh, hmm. so I played 141 hours in Nintendo Switch this year. That's it. Out of 20 games. <laughs> okay, so you played more games than me, but spent a heck of a lot less time in them. That is fascinating, Scott. Yeah, with my most played <laughs> game is Fire Emblem Engage. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. With uh, only 30 hours, actually. <laughs> okay, hold on. Now I'm, now I'm even more confused. Because you said you had 140 what? 141 hours. Okay, so minus 30 for, for Emblem Engage. That means... Across 19 other titles, you only spent five-ish hours? <laughs> yeah, about on that average. much. And I, I would bet that Splatoon takes up a lot of those hours, so that would bring your average even lower. <laughs> yeah. There's a few I think I've only played for like an hour. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have some games as well. That's just barely even half, less than an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, but... I'm not sure how to react to this, Scott. With January being my most played, and I think that's all just engage because <laughs> it's twenty hour, twenty six hours in January. Uh. Um, my next spike was, of course, May with twenty hours. <laughs> you can only imagine what that game could have been. <laughs> but most of like my game time on Switch is like ten or less hours monthly aside from january and may i mean that of course you were more or less like so busy with one you got other games to review on other systems as well as that so yeah that's definitely a factor i've for that. done a lot more reviews this year than i did last year i think that definitely played a part in it so yeah that kind of took away from it from the everything else yeah 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 though i do find it humorous that my second most played game is uh an otome game charade maniacs <laughs> but that was mainly because I just wanted to figure out what the crap was going on in that game, and that was both fascinating and at the same time in insane. <laughs> I mean, for a Toma game, it's like it's like uh, remind me again that it is indeed a visual novel, is it or no? Yes, it's a visual novel. Uh, okay, so and visual novels is just that. It's just like many people say it's not a game but yes visual novels are games it's visual just like, novels are a game yeah. yeah just like go through a bit and like see the choices see the routes and all that so <laughs> i mean it, it, it's an experience, it's an experience. <laughs> yeah i mean with like the thing with the Tome games too is like once you go through the first time every other time is a lot faster because most of them implement like a skip mechanic yes 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 exactly, they can skip exactly, all the text you've read and only read the text you haven't that also brings in problems though of when you've read text that's from like other um runs and then you have new text from the run you're in and you're just like when did where did this take place <laughs> ah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah my, so my trend is 38 percent role playing 21 percent strategy games 14 percent action games 10 percent character driven nine percent party game and eight percent narrative game oh <laughs> interesting very interesting. Yes, it is. I thought I'd have more game time on here, honestly. Well, I think your thing is that, and just being honest here, just 
and counter to what I do, where I like even with my new computer, I only play certain PC games. Like when I did like Jedi Survivor, mm -hmm. or when I did my Mass Effect rerun. Um, you know, you play games on other systems. Like you, yes. play, you play it more than you do Nintendo games because, just being honest, you don't review as many Nintendo games as I do. No, no, you, you take up the bulk of that. And I thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so you know, it's it's all it's all context, you know. And now I want you to do what I did. Do you feel that your total will go up or down next year? That is a good question. I do. It I think it depends personally on how much games I review next year because I feel like I, there are definitely Switch games I want more time in, namely like Zelda and Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, so I think my game time might stay similar, but my total games will probably go down. That's fair. And again, right now, like 2024 doesn't have the appeal of 2024. Right, 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 right. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we started off hot with Engage, and then we had, you know, Ceresa and Vance Wars, and then this thing called Tears of the Kingdom. You might have heard of it. <laughs> um, and then even, like, the DLC, like, with Xenoblade and the Pokemon and everything, and then Mario Wonder as we in RPG, as we will find out. You know, 2024 doesn't have that appeal, especially as we know that the next Switch console is coming. Yep, so, yep, yep. It's 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 gonna be interesting to say the least. All right, Will. What is your year in review? <laughs> okay, so my stats is actually quite interesting to bit. So I, the first game I have played for the year of 2022 was indeed Splatoon 3. I mean, big surprise there. But <laughs> the biggest surprise is like I played 19 games, and this is just low numbers compared to like other people's out there on the internet. But I played over. 760 total hours for this Nintendo Switch this year. Uh, however, That's there nice. is some small caveats <laughs> because, like, partially, a part some of those hours is due to responsibility due to my brother because due to sense of Super Mario RPG. And um, just for the record, as well for the stats, uh, I played 379 hours of Splatoon 3. Yes, I like Splatoon 3. Yes. <laughs> And that's mostly because one, obviously, with the splat fest, and then there's the big run, which I have been getting gold. Uh, yeah, I also forgot to mention. So, yeah, I, we forgot to mention. Uh, quickly mention because like there was actually a bug for, during the the big run events, which people were not happy about, and people were were really complaining about it. And which I think the Splatoon team still hasn't actually quote unquote fixed it yet. So there's still some things happening in Splatoon Town. So yeah, a little bit there. But um, yeah, my second play, most played game is uh, Tears of the Kingdom with 237 hours and Zimbabwe Chronicles 3, uh, number three with being 63 hours. And uh, other games is yeah, with uh, um, Tears of the Kingdom being my uh, most played in the month of May, while uh, in March is, is Splatoon 3. And just my the gaming trends I have at the moment, uh, action is 49%, shooting 25%, action uh, adventure 17 role-playing 6%, strategy 2%, and sports, sports game 1%. And I'm trying to remember what game I actually have played sports-wise as such Ring Fit, but I haven't touched Ring Fit in such a long time, which, yeah, I, I'm not sure where I get the 1% sports is. So yeah, again, um, my most played month is indeed May due to Tears of the Kingdom with, with like 167 hours last I checked. Uh, hang on, I'm just going to scroll that right now. Right, was it May? Yeah, 167 hours with the second one being in March. 
level 406 hours. It's yeah, mostly is compared to those three games of uh, Splatoon 3, Tears of the Kingdom, and uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Uh, let's see, hang on, hang on. Yeah, like one of my most favorite games on 3 Tears of the Kingdom, all that. Yeah, uh, Splatoon. Other, uh, other, the other games I haven't played that's on the list, is, which is uh, Pikmin 4 with uh, 25 hours, which I still have to actually finished that game. But surprisingly, I'm, so, I'm surprised it actually did made on the list. And uh, Super Mario RPG, um, that thing takes up, uh, again, the majority of it is actually my brother's playtime, and it is 20 hours. So most of the recent games. But other games other games that have been more or less uh, actually got on the list is... Uh, Omega Strikers, that free-to-play uh, ho- ho- uh, air hockey game, which unfortunately they they ended their uh, support of the game. Which again, I love Omega Strikers, very fun hockey game, but uh, yeah, unfortunately they couldn't really continue support it. And Fire Emblem Engage, I know you two are gonna hate me for this one, <laughs> and I only played Fire Emblem for about eleven hours, and that's mostly due to me grinding on the units at the beginning of the of the, like the first few stages. <laughs> So yes, I'm not the fire emblem hardcore like you two. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean that's one way of putting it. I mean, as we all know, Will, you're hardcore in other ways. That's why you're clearly with grinding on the units and uh... <laughs> and like th- just for the fact as well, like the other games that have like about an hour or less than an hour, Tetris 99, Octopath Traveler 2, Fall Guys, and I have actually bought a copy of Persona 5 Royal Four Switch. Which I mean, I played on PS4, <laughs> but I was like, get support of the developers of getting it on Switch again. Persona Five is just great, and when I get Persona Five Royal, so yeah. But a majority wise, is it was indeed as that Splatoon Three took to that because of just exactly that support, and maybe just that that little bit overly competitive because I went against S rank. I want to get those gold trophies, even though it really shouldn't be doing any. Like the game itself is kind of. I mean, they updated very greatly since then, and I'm happy for that. But also at the same time, there is that criticism of like, it should, why couldn't they release this all these updates at, as a full game itself? There is that criticism, but who who knows? But yeah, e- even with all like the criticism aside, so like Splatoon three just kind of drags me back over just because again the continuous support <laughs> as well as like again the the new uh, boss Salmonus, the Megaloton, like basically a giant maw. A giant Meg, uh, Megalodon, basically trying to eat you alive is just like wow. That that big that last big run was absolutely amazing. Which it, it, yeah, and I'm just really thankful for like the the other teammates I found on the internet. Like I managed to get like 167 or 170 uh, golden orbs during that one that last big run. So yeah, props to you people. Thank you very much. And I even managed to go uh, reach up high to the the most uh, top. Um, a salmon run uh, difficulty of 333%. So I actually didn't make it to the top <laughs> difficulty percentage. So I don't know. Like Splatoon 3 it just has a place in my heart that like it get, it gets it literally got its hooks on me. I'm pretty no, sure no. that phrase is it's, it's in your hands. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, Splatoon 3 overall just that. And of course Natty Tears of Kim just being such a big massive open game and actually managed to finish it after two hundred plus hours is just yeah, it just shows that kind of power that this that Tears of Kim just ha- had at the time. So yeah. Overall, yeah, I I'm a gamer. Seven hundred city hours total this year. <laughs> That's very impressive. Very right, impressive. We're gonna, we're gonna go through this quickly because it will not take long. Let's talk about the 2023 draft results. This will not take long, and I have no idea who's going to win. Uh, all right, for me, 
my first pick. No more first-party buggy releases. Can I give myself half a point? Because we all know the Pokemon DLC is buggy as heck. <laughs> yeah. Half a Ooh. point? That's DLC? Half a point, please? I'm fine with half a okay, point, half personally. A point. Thank you. Uh, Donkey Kong, Star Fox, or Kid Icarus will get at least one game on Switch this year. Not a port. Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. This could be a half a point. F-Zero announcement. Technically, we, <laughs> we did get something. We got F-099. That, that is a fair point. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say it's a full point, but half a point? I mean, technically, we did got something. Yeah, yeah so. I think that's It's fair. something. Yeah. So, full, full point, half a point? What do you think? Because, I mean, I said announcement. I never said it. I mean, this is it's a 99 game, which is a new game. <laughs> Ish. 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 Okay, half a point. Half a point. Yeah. And I'll then uh, Xenob <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles export. Uh, I, I wish. wish. It, <laughs> no, I wish. That, that would have made my year. Um, so yeah, one point, and that was barely. <laughs> All right, Scott. Oh, Scott actually gets a point right off the board. No Switch Pro announcement. Hooray! Wind Waker on easiest one. Easiest one. Wind Waker on Switch. No. <laughs> An unexpected GameCube remaster remake. Oh. Now, irony is that if you made this next year, you would have been right because yeah. of Thousand Year Door, but that mm. was not the comp. You said an unexpected game remaster remake, and that meant for this year. So no point for you. Um. Okay, I don't know about this one, Scott, so you're going to have to be honest with me. More Idea Factory games on Switch. Examples yes. provided by the end of the year. Dokapon Kingdom came out, and it was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. That it did, that it did, Okay, yes. so that's two points. So Scott takes the lead. Nice job. Um, Will. <laughs> new Mario 3D game, i.e. Odyssey style. No. No, we only got Wonder. Wonder Ooh. was 2D. We all we all accept that. That's why I even said i.e. Odyssey style. Yakuza like a dragon on Switch. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> so close, but so far, especially with how many games that came out this year. Yeah. Guys of Arcadia remake or report. <laughs> I can dream, I can dream, but no. Yeah, okay, and here's here's the real dream of a certain nature, if you get my drift. More cultured games in the West. And it says specifically, you must have specific examples by the end of the year. Akima Strip, Undead Uncut. Can I say for that? Uh, Scott, can you can you back me up on this? Is Undead uh, Akima Strip uh, can, can count? Yeah, yeah, I know that game actually. I, I remember seeing that. I'm like, what yeah. the I just look at? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Then, yeah, I'll give you that point. That's that's fair. And we never said how many of the games, but if you can name one, that's, yeah. that's one. All right. So the final score my draft one, Will's draft one, Scott's draft two. So even if you give me the full point for F0, I still would have lost. So the winner <laughs> of the 2023 draft class is Scott. Nice job. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> For the love of God, can we do better next year? <laughs> like, I don't mind us doing badly because, you know, you can't predict what a year is going to be. But this was a really good year and we got like nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, like, I know that again with the with VGAs, they add, like Sega announced like the whole classic collection yep. during the during the presentation. It's like, oh, I forgot uh, about that already. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> like, so 
like they're, they're bringing back Jet Set Radio, all these classic games, Golden Axe, and all that. So I don't know. Hopefully Nintendo follows suit. I don't know. So. Never know. But again, with the new console coming out, anything is possible. Because yes. even with our issues with the Switch, which we had, which we had, you know, they brought a lot of franchises back and gave new life to others, including Pikmin, which had a million sales in just in Japan, as we yes, have, yes. As, as we have officially confirmed now. So. Anything is possible with the next one because they're going to want to keep this momentum going. But please, guys, for the 2024 draft, we have got to buckle down. We've got to nose the grindstone. We've got to try and see into the future. We've got to really feel it. And we got to do better. Okay? This is this is our this is our uh, challenge for you have three and we can actually get get something going on pickle cards. Yes. Yeah. You have three weeks. You have three weeks until the draft, so be ready. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Team Podcast. What was your Switch year like? How many hours did you play? How many games did you play? What was your most played title? Please let us know. And how do you think your next year in 2024 is going to compare to this one? I'd be stunned if it, if we, we were we all played more. <laughs> I mean, even Will with his Splatoon 3 love. I mean, even with that, um, it just it just doesn't make sense that we would play more next year unless something really unless you're happens. like one euro a young kid who has nothing but time unless on a summer's day or a <laughs> yep. freak and yeah not me not me all right uh and then of course let us know what did you think of the game awards and how much more do you hate Geoff Keighley now uh would you want Nace Attorney Detective Pikachu game what do you think about AG and Numa's thoughts on Zelda in uh, Zelda titles in the future and uh are you sad that E3 is gone? Let us know in the comments below. So, for Skull Kid Scott and Wario Will, I am Troy First Time. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag.